atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right, happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This is the broadcast for January 21st in the year of our Lord 2020. And the goal always to protect life, liberty, and property, and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed. We use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution. For the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founders. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration. The only question is, will they let us have a peaceful restoration? Ammon Bundy, welcome back to Liberty Roundtable Live, my friend. Thanks for having me, Sam. What do you think of the peaceful rally in Virginia? They... Um, my friends estimated four, three to 4,000 people inside the um, gun-free zone. Um, Stuart Rhodes of Oath Keepers said, we're not going into that um, cage, gun-free cage. We're not doing it. Um, so there was about sixteen to 20,000 people outside, they claim. The mainstream press, even admitting a little bit more than that, it was 20,000, 25,000 people. Really, most of them armed to the teeth. And uh, it was the most peaceful event, regardless of what the mainstream and the governor told us uh, you could ever have. Um, that really says a lot about our intent to be peaceful, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I I think that uh, we've had, you know, where, where have the people that uh, pronounce, I guess, if you want to say our our beliefs or our understanding of the Constitution, Show us where we have ever been anything but peaceful. Yeah, in your whole scenario, the only people that killed anybody is the government. Well, yeah, I mean, and and also, you know, an, an armed people are a, are a, a peaceful people. Uh, that's that's been proven in history many many times, and uh, and <clears throat> you you respect each other a lot more, uh, and including the government. I know I heard that they had, you know. Snipers on all the buildings, and yes, uh, they did, sir. Documented by know. so many sources, it's beyond imagination. Yeah, and I mean, what isn't that? Isn't that what they had in the case at the Bundy Ranch as well? And they lied and claimed they didn't. Well, at the Bundy Ranch, yeah, they put snipers all over the hills above the our home, and uh, you know they were sighted multiple times. And then when we went to tell everybody that that's what was happening, that they were surrounding our home with snipers. Uh, they tried to put this misinformation out there that there was no snipers. And then they tried to continue that narrative in the trial. Um, and they went through basically the first tier trials, which they went through two trials and then it came to our trial. And it wasn't the, the actual judge and the, and the courts, I guess you could say, believed the government for three, almost, well, two and a half trials before uh, they finally understood that there was snipers and that all that we were saying was true. And but it, course, but it took a whistleblower and a few other things for that to happen, a few unique, in my opinion, acts of God to highlight this in a way that just couldn't be denied anymore, right? Yeah, absolutely. And if it wasn't so, uh, you know, so, so evidential of what the truth was, they still would have been denying it today. But, uh, you know, back to Virginia, Sam, the... Uh, the the part that I'm concerned about is Virginia Constitution clearly 
defines the right of the that it's the people's right to keep and bear arms. The law up to about a week ago allowed people to take their arms on on the Capitol and, and actually in the Capitol building. And then the governor uh, basically through policy uh, overwrote the Constitution, if you will, and said, hey, you're not going to no one's going to be able to bring guns. Let's change the word overwrote to violated, though, shall we? Yeah, violate. Well, I think I said it in a way that that's what I meant. But, yeah, they did. You know, he basically violates the Constitution, and then he creates this, uh, what we had at the ranch, you know, called First Amendment Zone. So you could say that it was a Second Amendment Zone, right? And, And then they fence it off, and then they guard it with snipers on the hills. And then they wait till the day, till yesterday, the 20th, to see if people are going to comply. And they did. And I'm not, I mean, I think what happened yesterday was a really great thing. And I, well, I, about I 20% sort of, complied, about 80% did not, by the way. Yeah, didn't go in there. And I guess that shows that people are, are willing to, uh, you know, make their own decision. And that's great, too. But the governor did, did uh, you know, violated the Constitution. It was an unlawful act. And he said, you're not going to have your guns in here. And a large, uh, well, a, a pretty good body of people, not the majority, but complied. And a lot did not. But the reason I bring this up, Sam, and correct me if, if you think I'm wrong, and, and uh, I welcome that. But this... Uh, if the laws passed in Virginia, these laws are passed, um, they're not going to come door to door and take your guns. They're going to uh, first go after the commerce of, uh, you know, bringing in guns. Uh, they'll go after, so for example, if they say that you can only have a magazine with the capacity of six rounds, then they'll make sure that no one in the in Virginia is selling anything beyond that capacity, and then they'll also make sure that no one is shipping anything in. They'll go as far as that is go, and go to the the manufacturer, the uh, magazine manufacturers, and they will uh, basically say that it's, it's against uh, law, and they'll get the feds involved to enforce these, these things as well. But you can't ship uh, by the Internet or any other method into Virginia, a magazine beyond six rounds. And that, that and, and then they'll do the same thing with AR-style rifles. They'll do the same thing with the large capacity uh, rounds. And people, and then also, which they've already said they're going to do, there'll be a loophole. And they'll say, well, you can have a, a, capa- a magazine with a larger capacity than six rounds, but you have to get a license from the state to do that. And you have to register your gun with the state, you have to get a license, and then we will permit it under the certain, you know, rules and and, uh, policies of the state. And there'll be a lot of people that do that. And they'll even go, once they do that, these people will go, well, you can have a 30-round capacity magazine. You just got to register. You just got to register. And they'll go, you know, I did it, so... Therefore, somebody else, everybody else should have to do it. And this will be the way that they take our rights away, because this is the way they've done it in the past. 
and what they'll do, I completely agree with you, Emin. What they'll do is they'll they'll surround it with so much rhetoric, like they're coming door to door to take your guns. Everybody will panic against that, and then when they come back and say, "Well, we're not really going to go door to door and take your guns. We're just going to eliminate the most extreme realities of guns for the safety of the people," then pretty soon the people go, "Oh." Well, that's not so bad. And what we've done is we've manipulated them with a Hegelian dialectic, and we're spoon-feeding them a little bit of socialism at a time. And before you know it, you're going to wake up and go, I'm not able to defend myself anymore. And that's really what the founders understood. They put up with a lot back in their day. For decades, they took abuse after abuse. Go read the Declaration of Independence for guidance, people. Um, But it was when they came to take the guns that they said, "Uh uh-uh, because if we don't make a stand now, we'll never be able to. Um, and this is kind of what we're facing. I'm afraid they're going to back away from this. Uh, here's what the Democrats are saying in Virginia right now, Ammon. This is interesting. They're saying, we appreciate that 25,000 people came out, but that's nothing compared to the people across Virginia that voted for us, putting Democrats in charge, giving us a mandate for gun control. We're not going to listen to the people that showed up yesterday. We're going to listen to the broader voter spectrum here. Well, my fear with that is now across the country, they're going to start to say that. They're going to say, even Republicans will jump on board and say, well, hey, disarm the people. That's the peaceful way. That's the way we got to go for the safety of the people. And uh, more and more gun events will happen. And we're going to have a tidal wave of this happening, aren't we? Yeah, and the, the, the rebuttal to that is that we are not a mob rule democracy form of government. We are a constitutional republic, and and you can't just because the majority says that so and so can't have that right does not mean that the government can take it. And uh, I mean, what stops? Uh, I mean, we, you know, we we have a lot of uh, history on this. You know, some of the more known are like the civil rights movement, where Rosa Parks. The, the government and the majority and the, the voters, the legislatures passed a law that says that a black man or a black person can't sit in the front of the bus and then they can't use public bathrooms. Uh, and, and it took Rosa Park, it took many to suffer uh, to, in, in noncompliance to that to finally basically uh, get uh, their, to exercise their rights. My point being is that just because the majority says uh, or agrees to something, our government is not a democracy where the mob rules. Uh, we laid out what the government can and can't do. It's very limited. It's in the Constitution, both the state and the federal or U.S. Constitution. And besides that, the government can't act. So therefore, they have no authority to act in these, this matter. It is not their right or authority to act in it. And that's why the in both the U.S. Constitution and in the Virginia Constitution, it says, shall not be infringed. Quick pause, ladies and gentlemen. Obviously, Emin Bundy knows how it works. He does his own radio program on LovingLiberty.net. When is it on? Thursdays? Yeah, Thursday at, I believe, 4 o'clock. Every Thursday, ladies and gentlemen, on your radio. We syndicate it and rebroadcast it on Saturdays on Liberty News Radio as well. Hammond Bundy in seconds, ladies and gentlemen. This is Liberty Roundtable Live. Do we reflect about our future and where we as a culture are moving? Do we keep our trust in our jobs, homes, money, life necessities, investments, stock markets? 
do we believe that our 401ks or other retirements will always be there and that the current economic order will recover? Is the economy going to recover and life return to normal? It ain't gonna happen. By a friend of Medjugorje, whether you are poor, middle class, or rich, it ain't gonna happen. A book of astounding revelations about the present economic order and where we are heading. It ain't gonna happen by a friend of Medjugorje. To order, visit medj.com, spelled M-E-J.com, or call Caritas in the U.S. 205-672-2000. Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt, and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. All right, so Ammon Bundy's with us, ladies and gentlemen. I'm convinced that what they're going to do is they're going to use this as a mandate across the country, the Democrats, to say, hey, the people want gun control. Yeah, there's a, a few white supremacist whack-outs over there that, you know, got all crazy with their guns, and I'm glad it was peaceful. But, man, you know, there's really a mandate. And I'm afraid that gun control legislation is going to just wash over this country if we're not very careful indeed. Donald Trump ran on the idea that he was going to get rid of gun-free zones first day in government schools and on military bases. First day. You got to do it, he said. Nothing's been done. Now, this gun-free zone declared by the governor, I think the governor should have been arrested as a criminal for violating the law. Nevertheless, Donald Trump didn't have much to say about it except for this, Ammon. Well, that's why you can't elect Democrats. They'll take away your guns. You got to vote Republican. Wait a minute. You're going to really exploit that for a partisan dig, and that's it? Shame on the president. Ammon? Yeah, yeah, it, it it is shameful, and you know, I the more we, you know, I hate to say this, and a lot of people will criticize me for saying it, but the further we get into President Trump's presidency, the more we see how he's no different than the rest. Uh, I mean, I think his strengths were, you know, economics, and we have seen a strong, uh, you know, fairly strong, I should say. Uh, you know, stock market and so forth. Uh, but but when it really comes down to uh, the rights of the people, when it comes down to the Constitution, when it comes down to strengthening those uh, most important aspects of, of, of uh, a society, President Trump has actually weakened them. And it's, it's, it's disheartening because so many people had so much, you know, hope and confidence that he would, 
you know, assert uh, the people's rights and be a constitutional president. There you have it. Uh, I um, think that Donald Trump has done a lot of good, uh, not near enough. Uh, it's more of the same for the most part, meaning that, you know what, we've slowed down the car towards socialism. We're not going 100 miles an hour uh, or 90 miles north. You know, we're slowed down to 60 or 70. We haven't turned anything around. We've made some good decisions. Um, for example, Donald has done more for pro-life than the Democrats have done. Uh, but we haven't really shut down Roe versus Wade. Donald's done his best to, um, you know, get rid of the uh, health care mandate to some degree. But yet, hey, not enough has been done. And it's hard to know where President Trump stands. Is he really not getting as much done as he could? Uh, or is the narrative true that he's really doing his very best, but the swamp is so deep he just can't get things done? Uh, they've made it pretty muddy in the mainstream press. They love Donald, and they've made it pretty muddy uh, where it's hard for us to really tell. I'll give you an example. President Trump is now pushing hard for prayer. Uh, this Thursday is Religious Freedom Day, huh, Kurt? Well, in fact, it was last Thursday, Sam, and uh, I, I think it points out the fact that uh, it's called Religious Freedom Day, and I think if you asked uh, about a hundred Americans, you'd find maybe one that knew that that there was something even called Religious Freedom Day. Um, you know, the standard media, of course, doesn't want to promote that, but, uh, you know, I was looking, too, on the uh White House website, whitehouse.gov, you know, there's a uh, proclamation on Religious Freedom Day 2020, uh, January. It was issued on the 15th of January. And then he, you know, goes through a number of different things there, including the uh, mention of the thing called the uh, Johnson Amendment, um, you know, where he says that's basically... Uh, off the table uh, anymore and that kind of thing. And, and uh, you know, um, you mentioned this part about uh, prayer and things like that. It kind of depends on who you ask. Like if you look at the uh, Christian Post, you see uh, Trump announces school prayer guidance, nine agencies draft religious freedom rules. Uh, then you see uh, CNN says uh, Trump administration updates public school prayer guidance on National Religious Freedom Day. I just think that it kind of all depends on, you know, who you are and how you're reading the tea leaves as to what it says. But in this uh, story here, uh, you know, apparently, um, you know, there's a little bit more push towards uh, maybe even prayer back in school. What do you think of this debate, Ammon? Well, I think that although that seems really, really good, uh, the federal government shouldn't be in our education system. I mean, nowhere in the Constitution does it say that the federal government should be involved in that. And this is the, the issue I have with with so many uh, politicians, and including the president. You know, rather than recognizing that the federal government has no authority to be administrating our education, uh, uh, and and therefore he doesn't even have the right to say that, oh, we're going to basically change the policy when it comes to prayer in the school. Well, you know, he doesn't have a right to do that one way or the other. And neither did those that put the regulations on the schools in the first place. So here's the point. Where we're at. Here's the point. The Supreme Court has ruled that praying in schools already legal. 
but the promotion of prayer or the promotion of religion in school is illegal, they claim. Now, here's my point. The Republicans have promised to get rid of federal government uh, involvement and funding of education, in other words, abolish the education department for literally decades. So I'm glad that, you know, someone's advocating for prayer in school, but I don't want to mandate a prayer in school either. Uh, but yeah. the religious freedom line has already been, quote, set by the Supreme Court uh, to change it. You're going to run a buzzsaw of the Supreme Court and the Democrats and everybody else. It's a non-starter, even though you might be right on the issue that people should be free to pray. But why don't we just shut down the federal government education department entirely like the Republicans have promised to do? And then we won't even debating, be debating this at all because there won't be any federal government involvement whatsoever. Yeah, and it's the same with, you know, uh, abortion. Uh, I mean, why in any realm are are we paying, as the government, paying for abortion? Not only that, I heard uh, an article the other day, and it was being passed around like it was a really great thing, and in a way it was, but uh, President Trump uh, has minimized the foreign aid for, for abortion. And I just, you know, shake my head. So not only are we paying for abortions here in this country, the government, but we also have, I guess, foreign aid and funding for abortion in other countries. And President Trump has minimized that. And as, as good as that seems, it is appalling that we would be paying as a, a, through, through our government for abortions not only in this country, but also in other countries. Well, and this is why I say we may not be going 90 mile north towards socialism right now. Uh, we may have slowed it down to 50, but we haven't turned the car around at all. Yes, there's less abortions, which I'm happy about. Uh, yes, codifying that people can pray and they should be free to do so is a good thing. But at the end of the day, unless we get less government funding and reduce the size and scope of government, um, once Donald's gone, and he will be soon, whether it's this election or next, um, all they're going to do is reverse 90% of the, quote, executive orders or policy changes or whatever he put in place because none of it has codified legislation behind it. None of Nothing's been dismantled uh, in a meaningful way. And, and so I, I appreciate the efforts, but I don't see a sea change. And I, I, I'm grateful for the progress. Don't misunderstand me. But I think it could be reversed just as quick as it was put in place. Well, and the answer, Sam, as you well know, is returning to the Constitution. And because the Constitution is what uh, puts the limitation upon the government. And that's what I would call on President Trump to do. And I, I hope he's elected for the next four years. And I hope that he, uh, and I hope that he takes that four years and brings us closer to the intent of the Constitution. And, and that is the answer because you know, try to wrap it up in a nutshell. Basically, the Constitution limits the federal government, uh, and the state constitutions limits the state government from acting in certain ways. It only gives them limited power, enumerated powers. And so for, for the government to act outside of that is, of course, unlawful. But if we would go back to those limitations, if we would start enforcing those limitations, we would not have the troubles we have today. And so, and it is the law. It is the supreme law of the land. Uh, the state constitutions are the supreme law of the land within in, in the state boundaries. And so the, I, I believe the answer is to enforce those. Um, otherwise, 
we're going to continue to spin out of control, and the legislatures will say, hey, we can make laws on anything. The regulators will say, we can regulate anything. And, uh, and then they'll say, well, we can tax and fund anything we want. We can take as much taxes. If there's no limitation, then there's no freedom. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we got a road to hoe. I don't know if you know about the documentary coming up. I think this will highlight the point quite well. Have you ever heard of the documentary, Blind Eyes Open? Yeah, it's about the truth about sex trafficking in America. We'll talk about it. Hang on. Your daily Liberty Newswire. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. The impeachment trial for President Trump is now just hours from beginning in the U.S. Senate. Proposed trial rules were released last night by Majority Leader Mitch McConnell. The Republicans saying that they would include up to four hours of debate equally divided between the two sides on whether to subpoena witnesses and documents. Senate Minority Leader Democrat Chuck Schumer says a trial without witnesses would be simply unjust. A trial where there's no evidence, no existing record, and no new evidence, no witnesses, no documents. That isn't a trial at all. It's a cover-up. President Trump at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, says he won't be focused on the impeachment trial today, but rather on the forum, so he can meet with big companies in the world for the benefit of the United States. And you're listening to USA Radio News. 130 million Americans made resolutions for 2020, with more than half focused on health. But most resolutions are broken by February. To help you start down the path toward better health outcomes, Ancestry Health is delivering actionable insights for you and your family. Marjan Champagne, Ancestry spokesperson and board-certified and licensed genetic counselor. Through a supportive, actionable, and affordable experience, Ancestry Health includes access to educational information, genetic counseling resources, printable consumer and physician-ready reports, and a family health history tool so you can take proactive steps with your healthcare provider to address potential health risks identified in your genes and family health history. Why is the time right for Ancestry Health? Your genes don't need to be your destiny. Understanding your familial and inherited health risks can help you take action to improve your chances of better health now and in the future. Start down the path toward better health with Ancestry.com slash health. More now on the president's attendance of the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland. He expressed skepticism about climate change during opening remarks today. He said in order to embrace the possibilities of tomorrow, the perennial prophets of doom must be rejected. They are the heirs of yesterday's foolish fortune tellers, and I have them, and you have them, and we all have them. And they want to see us do badly, but we don't let that happen. Trump went on to say there were predictions of overpopulation in the 60s, mass starvation in the 70s, and an end of oil supplies in the 90s, none of which came true. Organizers of a gun buyback event in Pittsburgh yesterday say it was so successful they ran out of money in less than an hour. The buyback offered $100 for each gun turned in, no questions asked. Officials say they paid out more than $5,000 in about 40 minutes. And you're listening to USA Radio News.
right, back with you live. So there's a movie coming out on Thursday. It'll uh, appear in about 800 theaters on the 23rd of this month. It highlights the sex trafficking that's going on in America. And this is an example where, again, I think Donald's doing a lot of good. He spoke out against sex trafficking. He says it's wrong. we got to do something about it. And I concur. Uh, but yet, you know what? Jeffrey Epstein's dead. The videos are deleted. Uh, the family forensic pathologist says, hey, man, this ain't a suicide. It's a murder. Government says, no, it's a suicide. End of story. The debate rages on. Meanwhile, they lost the videos of his first suicidal attempt. Uh, they basically covered up the logs, which showed they didn't check on him like they were supposed to. They knew he was suicidal, but took his cellmate out, so he was left alone. I mean, everything points to problems here. Goslane Maxwell, his, quote, madame, is running around now protected by uh, compatriots in safe houses around the world. Uh, and so we're going to watch this movie about sex trafficking in America. And I appreciate the Christians doing their best, really get to the bottom of this, to do their best to really highlight this wrong. All right. Blind Eyes Open is the name of the movie. It's going to be in a theater near you, hopefully, on uh, January 23rd, 2020, which is this Thursday. And what do they call this thing? Um, A week ago was Religious Freedom Day, and now we're going to watch this film, Blind Eyes Open. Okay. But no one's getting to the bottom of this sex trafficking. Whoever took the place of Jeffrey now that he's gone, whether it's this uh, Madam... Gislaine, Goslane, or whatever her name is, Maxwell, or whether it's some other kingpin, no one's tracking down the criminals that were involved. Now the UK releases a photo of Bill Clinton smiling on Lolita, the plane operated by Jeffrey Epstein. He's got a big old grin on his face as he's on there with a bunch of little girls. And who knows if it's little boys or anything else. So this is what I mean. I appreciate that we're trying to do something, but if you never push hard enough to get to the bottom of things, what does that mean, Ammon? Well, it's there's all types of criminals, right? There's street criminals, um, government criminals. Criminals come in all shapes and sizes. And when it really boils down to what people need to, to live and prosper, it's that they need a defense against criminals. And, um, you know, and, and we... And that is the purpose of uniting and creating a government. That is the only purpose, is to basically become stronger through a unity than the criminals, to have more resources than the criminals, so that the criminals do not overpower you. Uh, and we have seen many times in history where criminals do overpower, and then they run amok for, you know, usually a few decades, uh, sometimes longer. Um, and and, it, and it, it is very destructive to life, uh, liberty, to happiness. Um, and I'm talking about on an individual and a family level. Uh, and so really, it's very simple of what government is for, and that is to, uh, to defend the, the righteous against criminals. And... <clears throat> you know, we see where these these terrible criminals appear to be, you know, on upper levels of government, uh, upper levels of, of the corporations, the rich, the powerful, and yet they are kind of held with immunity, um, and and they're not the, the criminals are in. Therefore, every time a criminal is, is 
allowed to do what he's doing, especially on an upper level like that, it becomes very destructive and dangerous to to the rest of the people. Um, and in fact, if you look at the, uh, it's interesting because I've been reading the Virginia Constitution, and it actually uh, hits right on that, Sam. If you don't mind me, I'm going to read a little bit of it. Here. Yes, please, sure. First of all, it says Article One, a Declaration of Rights made by the good people of Virginia in the exercise of their sovereign powers, which rights do pertain to them and their posterity as the basis and foundation of government. And then it says, to all men, or the title of Section 1, Equality and Rights of Men, it says that all men are by nature equally free and independent and have certain inherent rights of which when they enter into a state of society, they cannot, by any compact, deprive or divest their uh, posterity, namely the enjoyment of life liberty with the means of acquiring and possessing property and pursuing and obtaining happiness and safety. Then Section 2, it says that the people of the people, the source of power, that's the title, it says that all powers invested in and consequently derived from the people that magistrates are their trustees and servants and at all times amendable to them. And then this is the part that I was wanting to get to is Section 3. It says that government is or ought to be instituted for the common benefit, protection, and security of the people, uh, 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 people, nation, or community, of all the various modes and forms of government, that is best, which is capable to producing the greatest degree of happiness and safety, and it is most effectually secured against the danger of maladministration. And whenever, whenever any government shall be found inadequate or contrary to these purposes, a majority of the community hath an inauditable, inalienable, and infeasible right to reform, alter, or abolish it in such manner as shall be judged most conductive to the public will. So. We see even uh, the, I mean, those are, that's beautiful writing, uh, this Virginia Constitution. And those are the words that it starts out with, basically saying that the people are the sovereign power and that they're equal and that uh, any any uh, government officer is a trustee or a servant to the people and amenable to them. And that the purpose of government is to stop crime, uh, criminals. Uh, and in, and that includes in this constitution danger against maladministration, which I thought was interesting. And the purpose of government is to stop that so the people can have have peace and safety. I concur completely, but I'm going to bring up a couple of topics that I think are completely related, even though they seem unrelated. And that is, I talked about this. We talked about abortion, the murdering of the most innocent among us. We talked about prayer and the necessity of prayer, although the government shouldn't mandate prayer. Uh, Donald Trump should be getting rid of government and education, one of the 10th plank of the Communist Manifesto. But then we need to talk about our immorality with sex and the sex trafficking in America. And then we need to talk about our continued quest for war. Headline says this, lawsuit filed claims that U.S. and international contractors gave the Taliban protection money to complete projects in Afghanistan and says that money was used to kill 
to murder Americans. This is Wall Street Journal. Who's filing the lawsuit? Who are the plaintiffs, you might ask? The plaintiffs are family members of 143 U.S. service members and contractors that were wounded and or killed between 2009 and 2017. Now, the reason that I bring this up is because if we allow this immorality with regards to sex in our country and abortion, in other words, sex and murder and war, um, these lighter matters can't be solved. Okay, we've got to back out of unconstitutional immoral war. We've got to use the checks and balances to stop that already. We can't have sex trafficking in America wholesale and blatantly ignored. And the most we can get done is someone make a comment or two and then the Christians put out a movie. I appreciate those efforts. But if we allow war and immoral sex uh, and government control of education, uh, and then we literally are funding um, our enemies, and that comes back to haunt us by killing our servicemen and women, uh, that was happening on the border of Mexico with Operation Fast and Furious. That is now happening internationally, according to these 143 servicemen and women's families. Okay? They literally paid the Taliban protection money, and now that money is being used to kill our people. As long as we support war and immoral sex uh, and government education, um, we're never going to solve these lighter matters. And, and I, I don't mean those matters are light. I'm just saying with a societal norm, of that there's got to be repercussions from god and i don't see that we can solve the, the the simpler matters until we deal with these big issues because i believe we are uh, on the wrong side of god and the wrong side of history on these things ammon well i agree i mean i i don't know which founder said it but he basically said that the you know that the constitution is only good or cannot govern an immoral people you know and uh, and and that goes to, for anything. Uh, there is no organization that can function uh, when an, when there's an immoral people. And I'll give you an example of that. I used to live in uh, Levine, Arizona, which is kind of South Phoenix. Uh, it sounds like we got to go break. So I'll uh, all right. Ammon Bundy lived in Phoenix, Arizona, pretty big metropolis, by the way. Uh, and we'll talk about his uh, experiences there in seconds. <laughs> By the way, check out his radio program, LovingLiberty.net, okay? Liberty Roundtable Live. Hey, listen up. This is a deep state alert. Former Texas Congressman Steve Stockman, who moved to arrest Lois Lerner for contempt of Congress, has been imprisoned by the very office that Lerner led. You heard right. Stockman hit the Obama administration hard, and they hit back with the full force of the federal government. The guy who said he wanted Mark Levin as Speaker of the House was the first to threaten Obama's impeachment, exposed Hillary's selling steel to the Iranians, and blocked both Obama's immigration and gun bills from even reaching the House. But Obama holdovers came after him in federal court with trumped up charges and have locked our guy up. Like many others, he was on Obama's hit list. Steve fought for us in Congress. Now we need to fight for him. Don't abandon this wounded hero on the battlefield. Let's help cover his massive legal costs. To chip in five bucks or more, text the word FIGHT to 444-999. That's FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, to 444-999. Or go to DefendAPatriot.com. That's DefendAPatriot.com. You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. 
More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Ammon Bundy riding shotgun on the show today, ladies and gentlemen, and he's telling you he used to live in Phoenix, Ammon. Yes, I, I was, wasn't quite Phoenix, but it was really close. It was Levine, which is just south of Phoenix. Uh, and there was a um, uh, cow ranch, I believe it was, a uh, store that they they put it in south Phoenix because there's some equestrian areas, and they thought it would be a great location for it. And it was only there. And before that, there was a, uh, I want to say a Myers or, or and then the, and, uh, and I think there was one store before that in the same location. And I watched as I would go back and forth to, to, to the shop working there. I drove right past it. And I watched these really good companies, you know, providing good uh, products. And so I watched them one by one go, go out of business or stop doing business in that location. And so, uh, Cal Ranch came in. It was really exciting. Everybody was happy because we got, the, you know, all the products that they were providing. And they were only there for about, I don't know, two and a half years, three years maybe. And they put up a sign that, you know, were closed. And I, I knew they had done really well. I mean, tons of people were going in there and buying the products. So I went in and asked them, and why are they closing down the, the store? And they, they said that the theft is so high here that it is not worth them being in business in this location. And I thought, and, and I, I don't know if it is the case, but I imagine those other stores that were in that same building experienced the same thing. And the point that I was, you know, making was, or the point that I'm trying to make is that it's impossible to have an organization or to thrive or to prosper in a culture of criminals. It is impossible. And as we see what is happening to our country, and especially to our government, it's becoming a government of criminals, a government that has been spoke about in many different forms, in Scripture and so forth. And you cannot prosper and thrive in that environment. You cannot. It is impossible. And and there, there has to be the, there has to be a law, which is the Constitution. It has to be enforced, and you cannot build a society based upon uh, the crime or the allowance of crime. And hopefully that makes sense, Sam. Yes, it makes sense, and it's the it's the broader point that I'm making, which is, you know, I appreciate that we want to, you know, pray more in school, and that Donald wants to advocate for that. We had religious, you know, Freedom Day or whatever last Thursday, and you know, I think all those things are wonderful. I'm not downing the efforts there or, or, or criticizing them in any way, but what I am saying is, folks, 
We're rotting from the inside out. We're telling you that we're making the apple look pretty on the outside, but inside that sucker's rotten to the core. And with criminals everywhere in the swamp and uh, in society, and, you know, when you look at it, these plaintiffs of these family members, 143 of them saying, hey, man, you guys literally funded the Taliban, and then they killed my loved ones, my husband, my daughter, my wife, my child, my... Okay, and then we got the blind eyes truth or blind eyes open, the truth about sex trafficking. So we're going to say, oh, man, I don't know about Jeffrey, but the poor guy just committed suicide, and now that story's dead? But yet we're not going to find out. That big network of sex trafficking has got to have, it's like a crime boss. You don't just get rid of one guy, and then the whole thing's gone, and it's like, oh, man, it's all dried up now. Okay, somebody's going to fill that spot for sure. We're not tracing any of those lines or doing anything about it. And then it gets worse. We're going to murder babies and say a woman has a right to her body. But then we're going to come back on the other side of that coin. And I guess doctors groups are now speaking out, Kurt. They've issued. I guess they're suing Mr. Schiff of California. Uh, Why are they suing him, Kurt? Well, um, you know, he's he's a big proponent of the vaccines and uh, this particular doctor group. feels that um, they call it the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, um, and they uh, feel like uh, that he has abused government power and infringed on their free speech rights. Uh, He said, uh, they say, who appointed Congressman Adam Schiff as censor-in-chief? No one uh, did, and he should not be misusing his position to censor speech on the Internet. Um, I guess he uh, earlier last year, he contacted Google, Facebook and Amazon and using his authority as a member of Congress, told them to deplatform or discredit what he claimed was inaccurate information about vaccines. A short time later, he boasted on his Web page that the companies caved to his demands. Um, you know, but the bottom line is, uh, like Ammon says, there's so many of these uh, bureaucrats, uh, either elected or unelected, that, um, well, take power they shouldn't take. So let's just use the highlight, the headline to kind of highlight what Kurt's saying here. Doctors groups sue Mr. Schiff of California for censoring vaccine debate. I guess they had told the social media companies to suppress one view about the controversial topic. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a discussion about this. We're just not going to let the true part or the uh, you know one view, the doctor's view in this case, uh, come to the table for discussion. And as long as we allow this manipulation of what we see and hear and believe, as long as we literally ignore and allow Governor Northam to violate our God-given gun rights and violate his own state constitution, uh, and as long as we allow this sex trafficking and this, um, you know, warmongering and, and and this, you know, funding of all these different things, hey, we're going to have to make some serious, serious changes. I mean, I appreciate it if I cut my head open and someone tries to use a Band-Aid. But, man, if my half my head's missing, a Band-Aid's not going to help Ammon. And that's kind of what I'm getting at, is that, you know yeah. what? We've got to take these weightier, weightier matters and get to the bottom of them and, and turn the ship around somehow. I'm going to read you a scripture, if I could. It's in the Please, Book of sir. Mormon. Helia, okay, hold on. Just so people know, the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ, is a second witness to the Bible that the members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints believe in. Churchofjesuschrist.org, if you want to get a copy, you can get one free. Go ahead, sir. 
And this is a record of the ancient people on the American continent. And this was a situation that they found themselves in. Uh, and in Helaman 7, chapter 4, and seeing the people in a state of such awful wickedness, and those Gadian robbers filling the judgment seat, having usurped the power and authority of the land, laying aside the commandments of God, and not in the least aright before him, doing no justice unto the children of men. And it goes on in verse 5, condemning the righteous because of their righteousness, letting the guilty and the wicked go unpunished because of their money, and moreover, to be held in office at the head of government, to rule and to do according to their wills, that they might get gain and glory of the world, and moreover, that they might the more easily commit adultery and steal and kill and do according to their own will. And I, I can't, I, I couldn't say it more accurately than that, uh, Sam. It just, it seems to be exactly where we find ourselves right now. We have many who have filled the seats, the judgment seats, the seats of government, uh, that, you know, that they're condemning the righteous because of their righteousness. They're letting the guilty and the wicked go unpunished because of their money. And, and then also they're filling these seats that they might get gain and glory of the world, and moreover, that they might the more easily commit adultery and steal and kill and do according to their own wills. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why I bring this whole thing up. I know some of the topics we've talked about, whether we're talking about vaccines and abortions and war and murder and education, and, you know, we've kind of been all over the map, gun rights. And, okay, on one hand, we're all over the map. On the other hand, I believe these are all tied together. And the answer is when we set it not the commandments of God, when we become a wicked people and elect judges who lord over us and we create secret combinations and allow them to prosper, and we don't shed the light of truth and pull them down. We don't seek for power. We seek to pull it down. Okay. And, and when we allow this stuff to happen, I mean, I appreciate some of the things that we want to get done. And I, I commend those who are trying to get those things done. I don't, I don't disparage them or attack them in any way. But I'm saying, look, we better deal with the weightier matters. And we better deal with them fast. Because you ain't seen nothing yet of how bad it can get, Ammon. Well, and... You know, it comes down to the mothers and fathers and uh, and teaching and, and taking care of their children, not allowing the TV to raise them, not allowing the, the, their phones or the Internet to raise them, uh, teaching them the correct principles of what, between right and wrong, teaching them not to be a criminal, teaching them to love their neighbor as thyself. And, I mean, it, and actually it's interesting because when you really think about it, a complete society can, can be changed in one generation, but it, and it depends solely upon the mother and the father. And that, that is where the answer is. It, the answer is the home. That's why the family has been attacked so greatly. That's why the identity of a mother has been attacked, even the identity of a father, because the adversary knows really where to attack. He knows that if he can destroy a family— that children coming out of that family are not going to be prepared or not going to be understand and basically are more prone to be criminals. And then a society and liberty and everything is at risk uh, because simply the family has not performed the duties in which it was supposed to. Um, and uh, so let's, let's change the next generation. Let's raise our children correctly. Let's teach them right and wrong. 
let's teach them uh, about God and that there is eternal consequences when we offend and 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 do not keep his his guidance to us um because ultimately a society cannot be changed any other way in my belief the family is the fundamental unit of society. It is relentlessly attacked. I may not be able to fix the world by 3 o'clock, and I certainly can't solve it politically speaking, but I can double down on my own family and teach them the commandments of God. I can set an example for living them to the best of my ability. I can teach the principles of repentance and forgiveness. I can instill in their hearts and in their minds the fundamental principles of liberty and self-governance, and I can teach them about the sacrifices that those who came before us made in our behalf, and I can teach them to be willing to make same like-minded sacrifices to preserve the republic in the traditions of our founding fathers. And if we don't preserve the republic, we will lose our religion and our ability of our conscience to freely exercise our beliefs based on our conscience. Our most prized possession is our conscience, our will, our ability to choose and make fundamental choices to turn to God. And if we uh, literally let these things slide and we devolve into this wicked state that we find ourselves in further, we will lose more and more and more religious and family relation liberties. Uh, they will be sacrificed on the altar of, quote, political correctness uh, and or outright hatred towards God. The reality is they're coming after the Christians, folks. And the more Christian lives we live, the better, greater chance we have of stopping their evil satanic designs. It is a battle continued biblically on earth, started in heaven. And it is a battle between good and evil. And I hope to be on the Lord's side. Who am? And final words yours, sir. Well, it is difficult when we allow uh, these people who are trying to destroy our families to get above us. But we must unite continually and raise our families correctly, and be strong together. Anyway, thank you for your time. Godspeed, my friend. Thank you so much. You see why we love Evan Bundy, ladies and gentlemen? He's got his heart in the right place. He's bold and articulate, but he's humble and appreciative of what has been done by our founding fathers before us, and he wants to carry forth their legacy. He wants to stand with tradition, and the fundamental unit of society, the family, is the lead organization in that great restorative effort of God, family, and country, and the protection of life, liberty, and property along the way. For Sam and Curtin, Ammon Bundy, we declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Yeah.